At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And with a collapse of the former superpower, several powerful factions now vie for control. The threat is real. An evil organization calling itself SCAR. Known only as SCAR. Their goal, nothing short of total world domination. Led by this man, known only as Iron Claw. We will be victorious! Not on my watch! Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Finally getting started. If Gina would just let us get an edge wade. Oh, wait, a word in. How's that saying go? A word in edge. You're an edge lord. Is that what you're saying? If Gina would stop being such an edge lord, still accurate. And let us get a word in edge wise. We could have started the show at least 19 minutes ago. This is no half the podcast. And I am Ray Stacanus. Ray, when are you going to let us do a straight ahead intro instead Ugh. of doing all your bits all the time so that people don't even know that I am Robert Clark Chan? I am Gina Bolito, and I think I might be in hell. <laughs> I Wait, mean, you don't know by now? I think uh, all the clues have been there for a while, Gina. From 2016 on, it should have been crystal goddamn clear. <laughs> I don't even understand how. Wait, so now that I'm aware of it, isn't that how you get out? No, no, now we just make it worse. That's when the fun begins for the demons. Yeah. Thank you. Look, good place figured it out in one year. I mean, Gina, this is kind of you're letting us all down right now. Oof. Yeah, I am I'm not going to another escape room with you again. <laughs> Gina's still there. Where's where'd Gina go? Haven't seen her in years. Still in that goddamn escape room. Ugh, I would not be surprised at this point if someone legitimately told me, Hey, you died in that escape room. Oh no. And now and went at all. You, the, the last two years you've been in hell, there's no pandemic. There's no, there. You know what? It even goes back before that. There was no Trump. I mean, it would oh kind of all make sense if we all died. And, and the last since 2016 on everything has just been. Some uh, sort of evil simulation. You should have realized uh, when your f- best friend was Evangeline Lilly. I mean, that should have been your tip off. <laughs> Like oh. after, after the plane crash, nah. oh, can't, boy. can't even like her anymore because she's a kook. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You know, she's a, just a big fan of those Canadian truckers, and you know the people protesting mask mandates oh. that don't exist anywhere anymore. Actors like actors like that just need to know she should have just she would have gone down in history as still being pretty cool. You know, she has a role in the MCU. Had a role in the MCU. Uh, that was pretty decent, quite honestly, and really set up for some phase four goodness. Now she's going to be appearing on something on the Daily Wire um, in about nine months. And it's I you mean, know her and Kevin got Sorbo. that role, just like, uh, just like Shuri? what's her face? Yeah. Sheree yeah. Black Panther, who was supposed to be the Black Panther. And then they went, I don't think we're doing that anymore. I mean, Marvel bad plans loss. their stuff so far in advance that I seriously doubt that actually affected anything they like that script had been written and uh, and and had uh, had eyes on it at every single level so there's no way that they did it if anything they probably will just make sure that they try and limit their press junket appearances but they're not actually going to rewrite an entire script at that stage in the game but wait, if but what, if, notice, what if it was like just she, a reveal at the end of the movie couldn't they just change they, people change the end of the movie all the time right am i wrong I mean, you do like a, it was a dream the whole time. Sure. I mean, Bob Newhart was there. The like the Marvel process is so intertwined with everything else in the universe. So they're not like they're not going to make any major changes over that. But if you'll notice, they did like they did sort of shuffle both of them off and like we're like, hey, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah. as we've seen from this podcast, you can try and try and try and Ray still won't quit. So <laughs> I don't I, I don't see this turning out well for them. 
<laughs> you think I got canceled by the MCU because of what I've said on this show? I'm the one who's in trouble for what I said on this show? My goodness. <laughs> I mean, it really right. is. Uh, uh, American culture is the hardest on the uh, uh, straight white man. So. <laughs> when when are we going to get a break? That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. I feel very Craig T. Nelson on Fox News right now. Look, you need I, convoys, I, what you need. Look, you need a, I was unemployed. I got welfare. I got food stamps. How come nobody helped me? One of my favorite <laughs> statements in all of history, quite frankly, and it plays in my head a lot. <laughs> Um, by the way, this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, the G.I. Joe Recap Show, and we are actually talking about G.I. Joe today. How about that? This marks the unofficial start of season six. Oh, my goodness. Of Knowing is Half the Podcast. Talking G.I. Joe Extreme season two with its very first episode, Scar Under Siege. Uh, to, to set up the to set up the timeline, we just, you know, season one just ended for G.I. Joe Extreme. G.I. Joe found out that Iron Claw... Uh, is Count Rainey. Uh, they also found out that, you know, Scar was going to try to take over. They had a really weird plan to take over the world. It ended up not working, partially because of G.I. Joe, partially because it was a terrible plan. And people who weren't G.I. Joe also worked very hard to stop them, uh, including the U.S. military, which got its shit together. Good job, USA, Ura. And <laughs> and so at the end of it, uh, Iron Claw is presumed dead. Scar is in shambles. And uh, and we find out with a little teaser at the end, there's a very real chance that this guy Clancy, who is like the uh, de facto government liaison running G.I. Joe, uh, the G.I. Joe Extreme team, could actually have been replaced by Iron Claw. We, we, we were implied that very heavily at the end, even though I mean, that we weren't no sure. Sense. We, we weren't, weren't sure. sure. At least I wasn't sure what you the say fuck happened. We you mean uh, Gina and Ray and not me, who was crystal clear to. And is honestly baffled that the either of you two but are even they left, functioning adults. Chan, they left enough wiggle room in there that they could have absolutely not done that storyline and it would have been okay. I actually I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there that so I didn't I did not know what happened at the end because like clearly I like clearly it wasn't I I put it out there that maybe he cut off the dude's face and wore yeah. it. Yeah. You, did, you did put style. that out there. That is correct. <laughs> That is something you uh, said. Uh, be, because other than that, like they don't they don't make it clear in that moment how it happened. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say they don't really make it clear here. But for the first half of this episode, I actually thought that Claw, what's his name? Claw Iron Claw. Iron Claw might be some sort of like evil entity that can take over people. Like it it follows. No, I'm serious because like for a second I was like, okay, that actually would explain it. If like, and also there's a dark, there's a, there's like, if, if that was true, then there's some like dark shit going on, which is that GI Joe essentially killed a man who had like this sort of demonic energy inside him, but the man himself was was innocent because that to me was the only thing that made sense how this guy was all of a sudden like evil at the end. And they don't we're, really make it clear. We're watching a children's cartoon. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gina's over here watching G.I. Joe Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if your children of Bob. Garmin your Poser, children's cartoon does not have either a character cutting off another character's face and then wearing it like a mask or a demonic entity inhabiting innocent people and then those innocent people being brutally murdered because no one realizes that there's just an evil entity inside them and they could have been saved, then I don't want it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, have we done an animated version of Twin Peaks yet? I feel like... <laughs> Once you do like life with Louie, uh, yeah, that's really the next logical step. I mean, this is fair. Uh, this is yeah, very, very it does. Fair. It does seem like something that uh, um, my my brain's not working. Da- that David Lynch would actually be interested in. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it now. One thing that really struck me about this season too is no live action intro. I don't know if we're going to ditch it every episode, but we definitely ditched it in this one. And we kind of go right to G.I. Joe receiving medals and full reinstatement uh, under U.S. government for their role in stopping uh, Scar and Iron Claw. And I love the fact that this is not long after the events of season one, very clearly, and that they're just kind of continuing on the story because the story isn't done being told yet. I thought that was really kind of cool the way that it just kind of just keeps going like Halloween part two just keeps going. 
Yeah, it did actually, it did actually go right into it. And then like, basically what happens is a newscaster is like, oh, this like, this dude is like Iron Claw is dead. And it shows the reactions of like, I patch lady. And she's like, no, I had such a lady boner for him. She and did. then Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who's like, oh yeah, now I can be, be the leader. Uh, and I actually thought it would have been an interesting episode because cause this episode honestly wasn't that interesting. Uh, it, it's not not much happened, but I thought it would be interesting to see this this power vacuum form that's and like all of saw. these characters that we'd seen. I mean, that's sort uh, of like, what the entire episode was about, Gina. <laughs> no, I, I, it's not. It's not vying for power when there's one guy. <laughs> Like well, he's the one. What, he's he's the one you, who he's the one who 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 absorbed that, but was not big enough to take up that space, and he failed miserably. I mean, that's the whole. Yeah, that's but the story it's not, of this episode. I'm saying I want to see like gang bosses. I want to see every bad guy that that was working for Claw saying, "Well, now I get to be the leader," because they they amp it, they they hype it up, like they're like, well, "Now what's going to happen? Who's going to like they're in shambles?" Right. Blah blah blah. But really, and when they showed the woman, I was like, oh, this will be cool. The woman wants the power. Dr. Jekyll wants the power. Maybe the pyro guy wants the power. But instead, it's just the Dr. Jekyll guy wants the power. And then the lady is like, no, I want to reinstate my boyfriend. And that's it's much true. less interesting than seeing all of them fight amongst themselves. Hard disagree. Yeah, this I is This is uh, my dream of uh, an ideal Transformers season where – uh, Megatron disappears. Starscream's like, I'm the boss now. Uh, and then uh, um, uh, Megatron's like, Soundwave, you, you, you got to stop this shit right now. And Soundwave's like, all right, here we go, boss. And he steps up and takes over uh, Scar, it, which is presumably was going to happen. By next episode, we'll have established that she's the big boss now. And I'm all about that because I want to see me some Steel Raven. Wait, I want why Raven would you assume... Claw is still Claw still exists. So why would you assume she would be put in charge? Because he can't because. handle day to day activities because he's deep undercover as Clancy, the GI Joe boss. Uh, they, I thought they were pretty straightforward about that. Also, uh, she's just like a goddamn space pirate. Why awesome. do you not put that person in charge immediately? No, but at the end, we clearly see both Clancy and Iron Claw. Oh wait, because- Are, do you still think that they're two different people, Gina? Yeah, and in the end, we very clearly see, and they're and they're using a machine to b- brainwash Clancy, and he's saying okay. we need. We'll to We'll get to get that up. at the end of this episode because oh, I don't yeah, think we'll... Gina picked up on exactly what happened there. Yeah, we'll I get mean, to that. I was not machine. paying attention, but it, I'm shocked right now that I feel like I have a better handle on what happened in this episode than Gina does, and I'm just going to live in this moment forever. I mean, here's Is the that thing: okay? am I allowed to do here's that? Here's the thing. One of us was like really clear about the fact that we needed to start on time. And my <laughs> schedule today was very tight, which means that I was simultaneously prepping for meetings and table reads while watching this episode. So if me watching an episode while doing 10 other things and then also still showing up on time is the same as Ray giving an episode of a cartoon his full attention and then attention. not understanding what was happening and also showing up late. Mm-hmm. I'll take that comparison. Yeah, uh, I was on time, and in fact, early uh, for the eight fifteen time slot. I I suggest we should all just accept as the real time slot. <laughs> um, this... Now, what I would say to that is, people at home listening, uh, just because Gina is saying she's busy, just because Gina is saying she's having meetings, table reads, etc., that is not a reason to not hire her on your show. Go <laughs> ahead and still do that anyway. Uh, she will do it. She will be on nine shows at the same time if if you'll let her. So just understand that uh, that does not preclude you from hiring Gina on your show. Uh, important public service announcement. It Listen, will I'll also tell this podcast. That's I'll right. also tell the listeners at home that if you've been listening to this for six seasons and you've had the and you've had a TV show that you've been staffing up <laughs> and Man, you haven't by move. now hired me and you're also still listening to a podcast, then I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I mean, first off, bad job. Bad job you uh, at home. <laughs> and but you could make up for it by hiring Gina right now. It seems kind of crazy that you'd want to bad mouth a uh, showrunner like that. Like, Bad job, you. No, no, you. You're a great person, and you should absolutely uh, hire Gina for for big Hollywood money. 
Man, we all make mistakes, showrunners at home listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. Now's Listen, your chance. Yeah, sure. I understand that, you know, you've got a lot going on and you use us to, uh, you know, like really let off some steam. I'm just saying, don't hold sure. this against Gina. Just yeah. uh, give her a chance. Yeah. And, and even if you're hearing this years from now, after we recorded it, it's probably still oh accurate. God. Go ahead and That's hire Gina. True that. I hate both of you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, That's talk. The core of the show, really. <laughs> That's in our show Bible. That's the first page. <laughs> Gina hates Chan, but hates Ray Moore. I think that's. I really do appreciate that we had that uh, laid out in concrete at the beginning. It we makes really the, uh, producing the show so much easier. When we go into the writer's room and, you know, lay out the beats for each season. <laughs> it's just sort of right. Gina hates Chan, but hates Ray Moore. <laughs> Just like in, in big letters and put a circle like in the middle of the whiteboard. And yeah, just, when you when you around. start a script and you write out each of your characters' wants, mm-hmm. it's like it's like Ray wants to wants to keep recording podcasts until he's old. Chan wants to do something other than look after a toddler all day long. Gina wants to be left alone by Ray and Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Make it work. Print it. Um, now, one thing that really struck me, and Chan, I don't know if I missed something in here, but they're, they're, the, the TV thing saying that there's no leadership in Scar. Scar's falling apart. Troops are deserting and just finding real jobs or whatever. And then there's one random dude sitting in a boardroom who's like, I know who's perfect to be the new leader of Scar, implying it's him. We don't know who he is, and I don't think he appeared the rest of the episode. Wait, was that not the Dr. Jekyll dude? No, it was yes, not. it was Rampage. Wait, Ray. was that Rampage? Did he have okay, a, He was thank, like blonde. What are you talking you. about? So, so now he you're was back blonde. to being the dumb one, right? No, because he, he, and here's the deal, and I felt this early in the episode, it felt like Rampage got like a makeover because he does not look like the same character when he's right, human, not the I monster. If I knew it was him and I barely pay attention to these episodes, it was very clearly him. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's the deal. Now, I, I mean, look, I got to maybe take the L on that, but I'm just saying I still felt like he had some sort of character makeover uh, uh, because he didn't look like that before. He's like a surfer dude now, and he just looked like a regular old boring white guy before. What are you talking about? He is a regular white dude in a suit in this scene. We see him multiple times during the episode. Yeah, in the exact same suit. What are you talking about? I'm talking about when he appears in the boardroom. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, when he's in the boardroom, he's in a suit. He's all right. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find the clip now. Uh, I don't have a timestamp. Chan, what's the timestamp on this? I know you pay attention. Oh shoot, I don't know. Oh crap! Well, now I feel extra stupid. And the reason why I feel extra stupid is something that I missed the first time around is when we cut to this boardroom, there is a little Chiron at the bottom that literally says Rampage's office. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I missed that. Words on screen. Guys, so this guy clearly is Rampage uh, saying that he's going to make a move. Um, I appreciate that I, he's wearing a suit. I was, I was going to give you the benefit of the doubt and, like, edit this entire segment because... Nope. There's a whole lot of like, uh, oh, hey, can you look this up? And I'm going to I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to go on for a while. And we're just just going to be a lot of dead air or whatnot. Um, But I'm going to leave this in so that you remember the next time you try and come at Gina being like, how dare you? I'm like, Ray, Ray, no, no, man. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if there's a chance that I'm going to misunderstand something that is that is always on the table with this show. Yeah, yeah, and everything just in general that you were the one who misunderstood it. But I still feel like Gina got the ending horribly wrong. I'm so I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't wait until we get there because clearly I was zoned out. So, so it literally, I did not notice that the first time. It literally says Rampage's office. So that makes a lot more sense. Even here's the thing even if it didn't, you can, that is so clearly Rampage. Like, like pull it. up a picture of him there and then a picture of him. In the previous episode, it's clearly the same dude. Say they they don't switch animation styles. They don't switch his character style. Look, all of these things can still be true, and I can still be absolutely correct. I think (laughs) we can live in a world where both statements are true. Moving forward. (laughs) Uh, you know, the Joes have the opportunity to take some time off. You know, you just saved the world. Let's do it. 
and then we uh, we get our first clue that the uh, Clancy, the 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 guy leading GI Joe, is probably evil now. Uh, he sort of just like starts letting those little leaks out very very quickly. And we have a fun little sequence here with uh with uh, Steel Raven, who appeared I think in only one episode in season one. And I yes. remember that when she appeared in that episode, we were sort of like, she's awesome, she's very striking. Um, we'd like to see more of her what the F is her deal? She just sort of appeared as if she knew what was going on as iron claws, right hand woman, except that she had never only appeared in one episode at any time. And she was highly competent and very, very cool. So I'm glad that she's back now to sort of take more of a leadership role on the show. I'm here for it. I like this character. 100%. Uh, I've basically been waiting this entire, uh, uh, show to get to that awesome character. So, Hopefully, uh, she lives up to it. Yeah, so far, so good. I mean, I like what she because she has a nice se- sequence here where she's like, she thinks Iron Claw is dead. And she has a bit like a flashback scene, like, here's my best moments with Iron Claw, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and then he, like, calls her up. <laughs> he, like, calls her up on the video phone. And she's like, yo, uh, you're dead. He's like, uh, I'm clearly not. Uh, and then he basically tells her, like, look, a lot of bullshit's about to happen. You are in charge. Let's not make any anything in charge here. But when I say you're in charge, what I'm trying to say is I'm in charge through you. But I'm this Clancy. I'm playing this Clancy guy, so I can't. I just don't have the freedom to do the day to day operation of Scar. That's gonna be you. You have my blessing. Uh, we're gonna make this happen together. And I thought okay. it was really cool. I, yeah, I very clearly. I don't know. I must have walked away, or maybe yeah. I look at a Twitter or something during the scene because I don't recall this at all. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, you, know, like, you, you got a little bit of what uh, doctors refer to as uh, uh, Ray's disease. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, gee, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Just feel so sad for you right now. It's pretty rough. It's it's uh, it's not terminal, but it is, you know, it, I, it doesn't ever go away. I, I, I put it specifically in my will that if that were to happen, someone needs to smother me with a pillow. Mm hmm. I think we're oh, always no, no, waiting have... for you to buy your finest suit. I think that's what we're all waiting on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have the I have the pillow already. Oh, good, good. All right. Oh, great. Yeah, it'll well, it'll be like that, that scene in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest where Chan looks at me and I say something in the style of Ray, and Chan goes, "She wouldn't want to live like this." And then he smothers me with a pillow. For some reason, he breaks my window and then jumps out through it, even though the door was right there. Wait, I want to wow. know what the style of Ray is. What exactly? What is this? What does that style look like? I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. Go back and listen to any of our episodes where you uh, are gone and hear me try and do the hey, everybody. And yeah. that's, that's oh, it's it always is. embarrassing. I, I, I still think, have to edit those episodes. And I that think is... the style of Ray is oh, yeah. is proclaiming things very loudly as and like with 100% confidence that they're correct when in fact they are either nonsense gibberish words or totally missing the mark. So Gina. it would be like if I entered a room and I said, hey, everybody, the world is literally on fire outside. I just saw a car drive by it. It was on fire. And then everyone goes outside and it's not. And you're like, hey, it's not. But I'm just like, okay, well. It clearly is. Gobbity goobity. <laughs> now you just wait a minute. You call that the style of Ray. I just call that being a white dude in America. What are we talking about right now? Uh, that I would is just what like they train to, us uh, at White Dude Academy. What do you What do you mean, Gina? Point out uh, Gina's pitch perfect Ray. Gobbity goobity. That is my catchphrase. Yeah, that yeah, is. Just, I'm very well uh, known for saying uh, for saying that. <laughs> Uh, if you listen to any episode, it comes out like nine or ten times. Yeah. Um, moving forward. We will right. never move forward. <laughs> I don't know how we <laughs> we'll, ever would. We'll never move past this. Uh, there's just not. Rampage has decided he wants robots. This is a fun scene. Scar doesn't have any more mo- or uh, Yeah, Scar doesn't have any more money coming in because that, that shit's just gone whack. It's it's They're very much uh, 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 facing a crisis. Uh, it's almost like in the real world. You start a war with somebody and then it doesn't go very well. And then everybody deserts you. You're you start getting your leadership killed and then you're fucked because you have no money and your ruble is now broken. It, I could be talking about anybody right now. Really? What anybody. we're seeing 
is this happening with Scar? So he's like, I want robots. Build me robots. They're like, yo, we got three robots. He's like, yo, we have armies of robots. This is bullshit. And then they're just like, why don't you have more robots? And they were like, hey, there's a plan that, uh, uh, you know, you have to go, you have to pay for them. And if you couldn't pay for them, we don't build them. That is literally how everything works, Rampage. He's like, fine, I'm going to go rob Fort Knox. Not. No, the, no, the, no. How he, dare you skip over oh, the what's best the part, part of the cartoon when uh, uh, he says that the, the funding has been cut off. Yeah. Funding to the assembly lines has been cut off. By whom? The, the accountant. And he Excuse goes me. to talk to the accountants. Yeah, I and wrote I, that down, accountants. I, I should have mentioned it, yes. Fair. I 100% am certain that everyone in that accountant's office was one of the writers that the artist drew in. Oh, that's funny. Uh, because they are just like the most nebbishy uh, goofballs, and I was all about it. It was wonderful. Iron Claw flipped out and starts shooting up the ceiling for <laughs> reasons. Rampage, sir. Rampage. I would like. I would like to find out. I would like like the last episode of GI Joe Extreme. Like you find out that the the money men behind all of this organization, like it, it's it's Tomax and Zaymot, oh, sure. and like the the one who was pulling claws strings the whole time it's cobra commander like it's a real you know sort of like uh uh it's like a real like mind fuck of an ending where god what's the what's the show um oh my i'm I, i'm sorry my brain is so fried tonight uh uh god what's what's his name and twin peaks up. we're talking you about should, twin you peaks should wear more you should Are wear you- more sweaters chan you know are you talking about the show that we already talked about earlier tonight? Um, maybe. New Heart? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my yes. God. Wait, yeah. I told you. I'm, I'm fried. I'm fried. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, if it's if you realize that this this show was was all part of the other show, uh, because when you talk about accountants and money, my my brain and guys in suits and in their ivory mm-hmm. towers, I'm immediately yep. going to go to Tomax and Zaymont. As you directly. should. Uh, to be fair, we had a chance in Deke era to bring in Tomax and Zaymod. If you remember, they actually did a, 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 a an episode at Extensive Enterprises and what it had become, which isn't good. It's it's defunct, like when Cobra went down, uh, which was interesting. Um, then they didn't use Tomax and Zaymod. They completely had an opportunity to be cool and chose not to. That was what I would refer to as the tagline of all Deke era G.I. Joe. <laughs> well, I'm uh, sure they would have had to pay like, 45 cents to the uh, creators of Tomax and Zabot. And oh, so sure. they decided not to because they literally did not have 45 cents to spend. Um, Wait, I, I have to write this where they finish each other's sentences. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> um, uh, so so uh, through all this, you're right. Rampage starts shooting up the accountant's office. Be like, you need money for something? Need money for this? Or it's just, It's crazy. Uh, and he just like, he just goes nuts, starts shooting up the place like Rambo First Blood Part Two, uh, <laughs> and it's delightful and silly. And he and his plan is okay. We need money. There are a million ways you could take the next sentence. I'm a go rob Fort Knox. Uh, is is a terrible idea. Just straight up terrible idea. He, they also say it's cool. What's your plan for doing that? He goes, I don't need a plan. I'm just going to show up and rob Fort Knox. And immediately I'm like, <laughs> I don't think Rampage is cut out for the role he thinks he wants in this organization. <laughs> like, I've uh, I've interviewed yeah. for places that were well above my head before. And then when you get into the room and they start talking to you, it's sort of like, oh, I can't do this job at all. And that's a lot of fun for me because the pressure's off. Because I already know I'm not getting the job. So now I can just be like, well, shit, that sounds great. I, I, that's very easy to believe and also not something I've ever personally experienced. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, uh, Gina, you got to apply for more things. Clearly, that's what I'm hearing <laughs> out of this. You got to apply yourself. What are you, you applying apply... for that you're not like, are you like, are you pr- applying for the position of brain surgeon? Like, you figure there are, most things in life you could figure out. No, listen, it's the kind of thing. Listen. Any of these jobs, if they gave me the job, I would be poor at it and then I would figure it out and then I would do a good job. But they at these, what they will call businesses, prefer people who don't suck 
right away and have actually know what they're doing when they start. And that's outrageous, first off, um, let me just say. But when you when you walk in the door with Ray's disease, like I have, and you just mm-hmm. boldly, confidently say, I can do this job, not even knowing what the job is, um, you can find yourself in those situations. Gina, now that you're afflicted, this may happen to you. No, I mean, that's what the two days before you start the job are for, like figuring out how to do it and then becoming an expert in it. Well, I mean, these are, well, I'm mean, talking about video game tech jobs <laughs> where the, the description gives you fucking nothing. It's like, we need leadership. Oh, fuck it. I got them. Check the box. Why do you think I'm applying for these? It's because they're just like, the, yeah, we need strong personalities. Like, then you're like, oh, yeah. And also, you need to know like uh, uh, 40 different programming languages. That is like, a what, literal uh, interview uh, that I had. <laughs> <laughs> where I'm like, I'd be perfect at this. And I got in the room talking to like the head of recruiting at this video, very big video game company, quite frankly. And, and he was sitting and running it because he had a trainee doing the interview otherwise. And so he sits in with me and he's like, okay, so have you worked with these like uh, type of uh, uh, very fancy programs? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I don't even know what three of those are. <laughs> and it became abundantly clear. This is not the right position for me. <laughs> like these things happen you know when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to get a job yeah um, yeah i feel you uh yeah, I mean, I look, good, it is what it is i'm gonna i'm gonna play this drop just because it is another one and uh i enjoyed this episode as much as i did not enjoy the last episode uh oh, like geez. all of the little gags uh i'm enjoying where even when there were some good gags in the last one i was just like i, I can't get past the idea that this plan is so effing stupid. Yes. Uh, but here, there, there is a plan that is effing stupid, and they're treating it appropriately. I'm going to rob Fort Knox! Sure. What's the plan? I told you the plan! We're going to rob Fort Knox! And then he just starts shooting. <laughs> just starts shooting. <laughs> so good. I love it. And then G.I. Joe is there just like, G.I. Joe, uh, there's this idiot trying to rob Fort Knox. Uh, I know that you, can you just go go stop him? He's, this will take you guys five seconds. And they're like, all right, let's go do it. Uh, and this is where I wrote here, Rampage is a terrible leader. Now, he's terrible in a different way than other terrible leaders. Destro, <laughs> in original Sunbow, is an excellent leader of men when it comes to like a business, science, uh, you know, running that type of, type of an environment. When it comes to uh, battlefield situations he's a goddamn idiot and they and and they and they they use that in the show a few times like when he forced his team to run through a minefield and they all blew up because you don't do that that was a bad tactical maneuver that's this is different than rampage who wouldn't be good in any of those situations mm-hmm. and is really going to be better as a as a as a loud uh violent sidekick that is really where he's going to be at his strongest, not in a leadership position. Uh, it's it's good to know uh, where your where your limits are, you know, like in life. Um, and uh, when you reach a little too high, it's good to get slapped down. I, you know, it's it's the natural order of things. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Peter's principle. Uh, I assume. Is that what you call your dick? Yeah, those are what I call my tits, Gina. We've been over this before. <laughs> Peter in principle. Oh my God. But I, anyway, the concept for the kids at home who are under the age of 25 and don't know is that in a business or in, 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 in an employee is going to do a great job uh, and then they're going to be promoted. And eventually they're going to get promoted high enough that they will not do a good job anymore. That is the notion that people will eventually be promoted to their highest level of incompetence. Uh, in the structure, and that's why so many people high up the chain in these businesses are fucking morons because they were good once doing one thing, and then when they were asked to be in charge of that, maybe they were even good at that, and then they go up one step higher where they're fucking clueless. And that is the concept. That is Rampage here. He has been promoted uh, to his own personal level of incompetence. We've all learned something. Indeed. It's a great website. Uh, great for getting jobs. I would point that out, Chan. Thank you. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Protect America Battle Force 2000 creates the battle vehicles of the future. Nobody beats the Battle Force 2000. Skysweeper, Eliminator, Vindicator. Nobody beats the Battle Force 2000. Dominator, Vector, and Marauder. They split and recombine into the awesome Future Fortress. Yo, yo! Nobody beats the Battle Force 2000 figures and vehicles sold separately. Collect all six vehicles to form the Future Fortress. Yo, yo! Back to G.I. Joe. So the great moment here that really emphasizes how bad a leader that Rampage is, is one of his troops breaks his leg. And so the other, the other Scar crew are like, okay, we got to get this guy off the battlefield. He broke his leg. He can't walk. He's no good to us now. They're getting him out of there. And Rampage is like, why, why are you doing that? Uh, he, he, well, sir, he can't walk. So what's your point? We're fighting this thing. We're going to blow up Fort Knox. He can still hold a gun, trot him back out there to the point where he gets super, super mad. And uh, he starts just shooting at his own troops to force them to go towards Fort Knox and get blown away there. Because as we said before, he has no plan. I just feel like. Uh, motivational posters are so 1980s. <laughs> this is the 90s, baby. You gotta, you gotta get your people, you know, m- going. And you know, if if what you have to do is is shoot like you're an old timey western gunslinger shooting at people's feet so they dance, you do what you gotta do. You know, motivational posters out, motivational lasers in. Hmm. I like that. And then the G.I. Joe shows up and they do a counterattack right here. Uh, this is kind of a cool sequence. Like, there's a lot of action in this episode, not as plot heavy, although I think where they were doing plot to what Gina said earlier, I think they did a pretty good job with it um, uh, when they were when they were deciding to do it. Um, G.I. Joe counterattacks. We get our music action video, although they put sound effects under it. So it, we, 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 we've taken a step forward and uh, G.I. Joe absolutely just drubs out Rampage. And I think, don't they tie him to the barrel of, uh, of a tank cannon? Yes, they do. It's great. <laughs> uh, so I so like I, I like <clears throat> I, I like the fact that uh, Clancy basically says like, hey, go go take care of this. I have intel. Go take care of this G.I. Joe. I don't like the move where he then tries to take out G.I. Joe because to me, what they end up doing at the end of the episode is much more intriguing. Like he should have, he should realize, oh, I have these military guys who listen to me because Mm -hmm. it's much more compelling to say how far can I push these guys with a mixture of propaganda and doing their duty to their leader then like immediately trying to take them out. I mean, I'm glad that it, it doesn't work and they go back to, and he goes back to saying like, oh, it's okay. I'll just use them for my own nefarious 
deeds. I wish he had just said that from the beginning because like it's 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 a, a boneheaded move to be like, oh, they'll I'll let them take out Rampage and then I'll take out them because like dude hasn't been able to do that ever. So why does he think he's going to be able to do it now? And now that he's like in the inner circle, why would he want to do that? It's It just seems counterintuitive. Well, I, well, I, I, mean, I agree like, with you to a point. I, I would just real quick, Chan. I think he might have a worry. They're going to figure him out like they figured him out last season, right? I mean, I guess, but but like to me, it's you're finally in a position where you can pull their strings. Sure, you know what how they figured you out last time, so just don't repeat the same mistake. And now, like you can sow disinformation from within. It's essentially what the Republicans are doing. He can just sort of lightly nudge them towards doing the bidding of a dictator and they'll be too deep in it. Like, like if it were me, I would sort of make them make all these like bad decisions just a little bit at a time. And then by the time they're aware of it, I would go public and be like, oh my God, look at all these terrible things. These like they did, they're traitors to the American people. G.I. Joe should be like, I'm ashamed that they went behind my back and did all these like did all this crap. That's really that would really be diabolical. Okay, I was going to counter with um, I mean, it's a kid show and his object his stated objective is to get rid of G.I. Joe. Um, And so like that's what he's there for. And so like he's going to use them for his own ends, but also like the end of the day he wants to kill them and so he's gonna like right. try a little bit and you know and then eventually he'll just get around to it and you know so that makes sense um but what you're suggesting is basically uh super good i think it's amazing i think it would be fantastic it absolutely would not work at a kid show because you're ba- basically turning the good guys into bad guys which is everything I would ever want in a a cartoon (laughs) like this that ostensibly glorifies the military. And then you realize, you know, as they're setting uh, um, children on fire in a Vietnamese village, like, are we the baddies? That would be an amazing freaking cartoon. But in the nineties on Fox or whatever, that's not what's going to be. I mean, that that's what I want to see. I want I want to see them bombing what they think is like a terrorist organization that turns out to be a hospital with civilians in it. But but there is like a way to do this for kids, which is to sort of like you know not not go all the way there. Like it'll be it'll be sort of them apprehending people that are swearing that they're innocent. And and G.I. Joe's are slowly catching on, but never really like crossing a line. So in the end, they can just say, like, we were misled. We're so sorry. Let all these people out of prisons. Like maybe they're like, you know, G.I. Joe loves to abuse scientists. So maybe it's like, you know, Claw tells them, hey, I need you to apprehend this scientist. He's working on like gene mutation. It's 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 against nature. And they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds terrible. We'll 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 get her. And they round her up and she's like, no, no, what are you talking about? I've never experimented on people. I'm, you know, like I'm not, I'm not doing eugenics on babies and things like that. And they're like, yeah, tell it to the judge lady. But like, you know, other than being thrown in jail, nothing really bad happens to her. So you could do it for a kid's cartoon and it would be a compelling season to see sort of what they're, what they're doing at his behest and who's realizing it when. Well, that's all I'm saying. I'm not even talking about just like the, uh, um, the intensity of the adult themes or anything. I'm just saying that there's not going to be a cartoon, especially in the nineties that was saying that uh, soldiers are bad people. And like, even today it would be a really hard sell, but in the era of, you know, your Harley Quinn's and your, you know, the boys uh, animation, like, there, somebody might make something like that. I was going to say, and Gina, it sounds like you I, need to write a treatment right now and you need to start shopping it. I mean, there are tons of, there are tons of movies like where the cops are the corrupt ones or right, a like a kid's cartoon or well, anything approaching. No, but I, I think, I think that's why I'm saying in this case, I think they could have done, they could have gotten away with it if G.I. Joe wasn't going full on like killing, killing kids, like bombing kids and throwing napalm on civilian cities. 
which I think is is sort of what the season is leading to at the end here mm. is is that they're going to sort of be playing into his hand. Uh, and I just hope that they sort of stretch it out instead of just having them immediately say like, wait a minute, this isn't Clancy. Right. Uh, yeah. I agree. And I hope so. Um, yeah. Well, this is what eventually leads us to is that Clancy hips uh, scar uh, and uh, steel Raven to say like, okay, GI Joe has counterattacked on uh, cavalry basically on rampage now they're you know not paying attention come in behind them and then you guys cavalry on a double counter move and take out gi joe and they do a pretty good job of it you know um, mayday and heavy metal jump in the last remaining tiger hawk and end up chasing off steel raven uh they and rampage won't shut up so they put a sock in his mouth and i found that hilarious uh, then they like call more attention to it. Like as the episode continues on, everybody is like taking turns, making fun of him for it. And I was also here for that. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, Overkill has a scene where he jumps onto a jet and he starts using his pickaxes to crawl his way on the jet while it's flying through the air to get into the cockpit. And that he was something. Shoots a grappling hook onto a jet. First yes, off. Does. Yep, and right. climbs up the rope as the jet is flying second off. And then I'm pretty sure the jet had little blades uh, installed specifically for the purpose of cutting grappling hooks <laughs> that are set onto them, which is a real specific thing to put into your jet plane. Very important in a G.I. Joe universe. Uh, also, we skipped over when uh, the Joes first came parachuting down and uh um stone has the like a like one of those uh 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 Jesse Ventura style gatling guns okay, that is great. just in front of his cock and he's just <laughs> shooting and it looks like an enormous automatic ball sack and it's so weird and also it's 90s and like look at my giant penis as i am jizzing all over you bad guys that's weird just, i didn't even pick up on that i didn't even notice anything was amiss i know that you didn't <laughs> uh and um, then uh the yeah. football guy is like chasing people down with his belt which feels real specific and strange. Um, like you shouldn't ever pull off your belt in the middle of a battlefield, uh, much less use it to spin people around with. Eh. Good. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. This leads to a fun little game of chicken where the Mayday and the Tiger Hawk, I believe, are inside a train tunnel inside a mountain. And uh, uh, Steel Raven is on the other side in her jet. And she's like waiting for him to come out and then they won't. So she just starts shooting missiles into the goddamn train tunnel. And that was fucking crazy. I like watching it being like, you can't do that. But then she did. And <sighs> she, they, she ended up, uh, they end up, uh, G.I. Joe ends up backing out of the tunnel before the whole thing collapses. And then G.I. Joe chases off Steel Raven. Uh, a Mayday does. So good job her. She didn't even break her leg doing it. So great job to Steel Raven. And, uh, and the mission is over. But at the end of the day, we find out that Steel Raven uh, uh, had a, a different plan throughout this whole thing. She went to Count Rainey's castle, found the secret compartment, Gina, that uh, when the explosion happened, there was a secret uh, compartment leading to a secret room that was protected from the explosion where Iron Claw and Count, uh, Iron Claw Count Rainey, as well as Clancy, uh, he pulled Clancy into that room and then somehow... Uh, had a mask to become Clancy. I don't really know how that worked, but uh, okay, thank you. At time. I didn't, know, I didn't know how it worked when we did the last GI Joe episode. But the whole deal is that Clancy is still alive. He's not dead like we all sort of assumed he was. Uh, and and Steel Raven went and got him. Wait, What's isn't that? The, isn't this like isn't this exactly what i said that he has clancy there and he says i need to know everything that this man knows yes uh but what you said was that uh they're going to use some fancy machine and in fact what they're using is some sort of glowing sex toy <laughs> it's very good uh, very hot. that's why you guys thought i didn't understand it stand it because i called a sex toy a machine i mean it's it it's moving around it looks kind of like a lightsaber, but it's moving like a uh, yeah, a, like a, a whip. Tail. We like know what it really is. Whip. Not like a whip. 
because a whip would make sense. This thing <laughs> is uh, super weird, and I cannot see it being used as an interrogation device. However, it very much looks like something you would put up someone's butt for fun. Wait, but I just want to I just want to <laughs> understand this. At the start of this episode, I clearly mm. said they have Clancy, they want to know what he knows. Mm-hmm. They're they're interrogating him. Mm-hmm. So where where was I wrong that that Ray said, "Oh good, you're as stupid as I am?" Uh that is a good question. I'd have uh, to go back and listen to the tape. It made perfect sense in the moment because I don't think that's <laughs> what I thought you were. I believe that you were trying to say that somehow uh, Clancy and Iron Claw were still the same person, which no, they are very clearly not. I literally said the opposite of that. Guys, uh, I'm going to send you back to the tape. Find Here's the deal. Even God has got to find a way that I'm right in this situation. Hashtag it. Ray is right. And lay out what we were going for in that moment. Because already I've forgotten. I need to still be right in this. So but also, out. the other thing is, like, how how is Claw? how does Claw look like Clancy? That's the part I've never look. That's the part that bamboozled me, and why I didn't think it, they could possibly go in this direction at so the end of why, last season. So that was why, when I was saying before this reveal at the end, that was why I was saying, "Oh, it's cool if this is some sort of demonic entity that can jump from person to person." Well, that was maybe where you started losing us too. No, as opposed that- to uh, <laughs> a, a, a disguise. I mean, yeah, come on. They've, done, they've done disguises on G.I. Joe before. You're telling me it wouldn't be cooler to find out that this is an It Follows monster that can yeah. jump from person to person. So now it's in Clancy, and Clancy is in charge of G.I. Joe. Hi, and- I'm Gina. <laughs> Welcome to my hat shop. I, I Yes, I would like to buy a hat. Yeah, You can't buy a hat. You'll need to buy a hat on a hat. I need you to be wearing at least two hats at any given time. You can only purchase, you can buy a hat on a hat on a hat, but you can't just buy a hat. But it was, it was, we already knew that he, it was, he was disguised though. We didn't know they implied it, but they never told us. Now we know. Oh, please. And also, you know, you're also quoting the plot of uh, Jason Goes to Hell, Friday the 13th, Part 9, <laughs> the one that Jason barely appears in, because all he does is go from this spirit taking over body and body and body with the powers of Jason Voorhees. Uh, if I get through this episode and I don't mention that that's also a thing, I'll be mad at myself. Fair enough. I've got it out. Can, I feel better now. You can, you can sleep easy knowing that uh, you have passed on that knowledge to another generation. Thank you. Go see Jason Goes to Hell, Friday the 13th, Part 9. Not one of the strongest uh, outings of the Friday the 13th series. Light years better than Jason Takes Manhattan, Part 8, which is universally known as one of the worst movies maybe ever made by, at least in Friday the 13th, but overall, a pretty bad movie. Were we talking about G.I. Joe? (laughs) I don't know anymore. Usually, I do everything I possibly can to avoid talking about G.I. Joe, but if the alternative is to talk about Friday the 13th, I mean, I guess let's just jump right back into this shit. Let's do it. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. All I know is that on International Women's Day, <laughs> the two men that I podcast with told me that I was wrong and as dumb as Ray. <laughs> and in the end, it was proven that I was right and remain of superior intelligence to Ray. <laughs> I mean, that's, I is that will braggable? accept any and all edible arrangements that will that should immediately be sent to my residence. <laughs> Did we talk on here about my idea to make an edibles arrangements that, <laughs> oh, that would geez. be like like weed gummies instead of uh, uh, fruit? Why would anyone want weed gummies instead of fruit? Fruit's way more delicious than weed gummies. You could also only eat so much of it, Chan. You could eat a lot of fruit. You can't sit back and eat in a lot of edibles. I mean, I guess you could. It ends badly. Look, Here's the I'm thing. Just, I'm saying if someone is presented is like, hey, Gina, do you want a, like a whole watermelon and it's delicious and in season? Or do you want this weed gummy that's going to leave an aftertaste of weed in your mouth? I know which one I'm eating. Uh, I challenge you to name a time when you have gotten an edible arrangement where the watermelon was in season. They have had probably (laughs) millions, maybe even billions of edible arrangements uh, sold in the United States. 
I guarantee there won't be a single one where that shit was actually good. Uh, look, I actually recently was sent several edible arrangements because apparently that's what people do when one of your parents dies. And they were delicious. The pineapple, not so much. But what? the other fruits on this edible arrangement were good. I mean, granted, I don't need it to look like flowers. Just fucking send me some fruit, man. <laughs> <laughs> So like in that sense, it's overpriced and they make it look like a, like a bunch of flowers. But the second you start eating it, it no longer looks like flowers. But I'm just saying, if someone has a fruit plate on one side and a package of like weed anything on the other side and they're like, take your pick, Gina, I'm picking solid food over weed any day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Sensible. <laughs> this is uh, this. Uh, uh, um, this is. In California, we can say that sort of thing because we have easy access to both really great produce and also weed. And I feel bad uh, for people in other states that have neither. Who the hell craves weed? Oh, geez, tons of people. (laughs) You know tons of people who do, Gina. What are you talking about? Those people are drug addicts. Yeah, that's... Yes, Gina, like, have that's you ever the been point. Sitting around and been like, man, you know, what would hit the spot right now is some fucking weed. Gina, <laughs> a, bunch, a, a great many people is the answer to that question. Well, yeah. I, if you're if you're offering me a burger or weed, I'm taking a burger. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. Uh, people who want uh, the weed over the burger, or the people that want the burger over the weed. You know what? You live live your life. You got burger in my weed. You got <laughs> weed in my burger. Okay, now I got a new idea for a, a, a restaurant. Forget I'm edible just, arrangements. Here's the thing. Five guys, but I'm I'm just saying if if you're like, hey Gina, you can have you can have this food or this weed. The second I consume the weed, I'm going to want the food. So it seems <laughs> like it, it seems like not. But I'm but eating the food won't won't make me crave the weed. So if I can pick just one, logically you should pick the food. It's a logical two step. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Because I'm just gonna be high and hungry, and someone walked off with my edible arrangement. I also like you got an edible arrangement. Somebody showed up with edibles and they said, won't need this anymore. And then stole your <laughs> edible arrangement. Yeah. I feel like there's a, a, a place where you could have both of these things at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Weird if you're like one or the other. The <laughs> two cannot choice. exist in the same space at the same time. Make a choice. Yeah. Like if, so, if like the, the bud of every edible arrangement flower was an actual bud. A bud of, of of weed, a weed oh, bud. Wait, is it? Are these flowers then, or are they? Are are they? Are they <laughs> marijuana look, uh, shaped to look like flowers? If you expect me That's to invest in your business, Chan, you're going to need to sort out these questions. <laughs> what I what I love about this right now is that we've probably spent more time talking about edible arrangements than we have this episode of GI Joe. So do you know who won this episode of Knowing Is Half the Podcast? I think Robert Clark Chan did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Hashtag nobody wins. <laughs> uh, and that's literally the end of the episode. Like, Steel Raven's like, all right. And then Clancy's like, oh, no. And then we're all like, shit. And we have a new season of G.I. Joe Extreme. G.I. So. Joe Extreme. Yeah, I can't wait to see what war crimes they commit that Jesus. that Clancy tells them to commit. I think that they're children. I think that they're going to make a lot of uh children parentless. I think I'm there's there's going to be some people with massive spinal cord injuries. Yeah, massive spinal cord injuries for the wound. <laughs> I mean, I love it. That's our show, everybody. Uh, any last thoughts on uh, Scar Under Siege, the G.I. Joe Extreme uh, episode? I like where we're going. I think it's interesting. I was wondering where they would take season two, and they're just building right off of what they did in season one, and they're just going to keep the momentum going. And I think I'm here for it because I really liked the way they ended season one. Yeah. Again, I'm a big fan. Uh, like I said, I, I, I like that sort of uh, uh, sound wave Starscream dynamic, and I just really like that these characters are cartoony but they're consistent so that when yes. they do a thing you're like right that makes sense that they would do that because that's who they are as opposed to like 
uh, we need uh, this thing to happen in the plot. Let's just grab a random person and have him do that because the plot needs that. Like it's character driven, which is a weird thing to say about something uh, cartoon with extreme in the title. But there right. you go. It's pretty good. It's right there. Uh, I can't wait to figure out how uh, Scar instantaneously got Clancy's face. If he Weird. if he did not, as we now know, cut it off and put it over his face, Hannibal Lecter style, uh, they not. better answer that question or else I'm giving it no stars. Wow, that is harsh. And to be fair, again, this was my problem with it last season. They didn't do a good job answering it yet this season. Maybe we'll get an answer. They've done a good job of wrapping things up appropriately, so maybe we'll get it. I'm not going to say for sure we won't. I don't think we will, but we might. No, because there's no effing reason. Everybody knows how disguises work in cartoons. <laughs> Jesus Christ, are you watching Scooby-Doo no. and being like, wait a minute, how did he get a robe and a rubber mask over his face? Okay, but I even there some old episodes of G.I. Joe where they like even said something like, oh, we like, good thing we had this mask or, so, or something like that. So you can't just have someone instantaneously like almost be buried alive. Now, if down the line, they show that he has actually created a mask of every high-ranking Joe for just such an occasion, that will be awesome. That's fine. Boo. (laughs) Boo. Sorry you hate hate logic and fruit Uh, and love weed and Ray. Why why did I get wrapped into this? What's happening? Because you also hate logic, or at least you don't understand it. Look, I love logic. Look, I I think logic is one of the greatest things in the world because it's so malleable, and you can just do whatever you want with it. (laughs) Who would have thought that Gina would have been the the pedant incel nerd of the show? (laughs) Everyone who's listening. Logic and tell me how this all happened because I don't think that's real possible. It's called being a good writer. There's an opportunity for a cool thing there. You're telling me it wouldn't be cool if inside that bunker on a wall there was like like in Return to Oz, a bunch of mombies heads on the wall, but it's all masks that he has created over the years of the G.I. Joes. Because That'd just cool in it. case he needs to murder one of them and assume their identities, he has that opportunity. Look, and the room, the room was good. underneath the castle where you would put that room, so I could also keep the logic going with that. Do I think it would be a good idea? Yes. Do I want to go into that room full of animators and say, hey, <laughs> could you, like, I don't know, draw an extra 75 faces for me for this uh, shot that's only going to last like two seconds? Uh, no, they oh. already have the faces drawn. It's Thank it's you. all of the Joes. You just have to slightly alter it so they look like masks. Uh, or don't. I'm, I'm sorry to the be heads this out guy there. here, but I, I don't think you know much about animation, Gina. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to mansplain this one for you. <laughs> Jesus. Happy International Women's Day! <laughs> I can hear Genus like, I like one of those one of those mercury thermometers in cartoons, <laughs> just like goes, <laughs> the kettle is a boiling. So what I'll just say right here is, you can always hit us up at facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast, or hit us up patreon.com support the show that way patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast you can get uh, access to all of our back episodes we just did a live episode last week which everyone was invited to and we had a really good time watching the show with our uh with our patreon supporters and then recording a live show with them in the audience helping uh, uh influence the show through the chat room and they definitely did that quite a bit um they took the time to uh actually chastise me and explain things to me that were happening in the show that I did not understand. I didn't like that feature of that episode. I'd like less of that in these episodes, which almost for sure means next time we do it, I'll get more. I, here's the thing. I, I enjoyed this episode. I just felt like I could use some supernatural tweaks and more oh, blood, gore, and horror. My least favorite part of it was when Ray showed up 15 minutes late. I first off, I showed up 10 minutes late. So it was actually five minutes early based on our new call time. Nope. That was that was only known by you. 
Well, I put it in the chat. I said, guys, think of this as the new call time. No, nope. and nobody uh, said by no. The way, after well, I, I think specifically it requested, we start right on time. And well, Ray, we were never going to start right I'm at eight because I had to set right up. Now. Ray's response oh, was, "Yeah, for sure." <laughs> well, Ty, you know, start on time ish. I think you know if you're 15 minutes is on time. That's 10 minutes is definitely on that time. That is not. That's no. how if everything you, works. I'm just saying, if you worked for me, I would have fired you. I would have given Gina, you. You would have fired warning. me well before now. There's yeah, so that's that's true. I would have given you one warning, and then I would have fired you, and then I would not give you a good recommendation. Man cold-blooded that is harsh look i gave you a chance i gave you one warning that's true she did i mean you you knew what you were getting but into if we, right? if we just considered the call time eight fifteen, i no would be five that. minutes we early it. we don't we don't consider it chan and i were sitting here mm-hmm. playing with our dicks my um how did you know that i you know I what just assume no, Never anytime mind. there's downtime <laughs> Sad, but in the meantime, true. you can hit us up on Twitter at GI Joe Podcast uh, or individually. I am at Almighty Ray at 999 RPMs at Gina Ippy. And uh, I'm ready for this season of GI Joe Extreme. I'm ready for knowing it's half the podcast season six unless Gina fires me. Uh, and I only <laughs> have one more thing to say to wrap up this episode. Gobbity goobity, everybody. Situation critical. Roll call. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.